MOPS is where the party is at. We love hearing speakers and their meetings and wanted to continue the conversation and dig a little deeper. So we came up with the Chapel MOPS After Party Podcast. Your hosts, Barkley and me, Summer. Welcome back, listeners. Yes, it's good to be back. I feel like it's been a while. It right? has been yeah. because we had Christmas. Yes. And took now a little break. And we're, now we're into back. January. But we have a really special guest today because this is a guest we heard years ago. No. Like, I don't know. I'm trying to think how. Cause 13 years ago? It could definitely we'll be. It, could be. it totally could be. Yeah. I think so. I mean, my no, kids were little. Because I started Mops when Brooklyn was born. So, okay. so maybe, maybe like 10. 10. <laughs> 10 years ago. Still a long time ago. <laughs> it was a long time ago. And Barthy and I, <clears throat> when we planned the year for our MOPS group, we were like, what was big um, in our parenting um, from MOPS? And yeah. so we asked our guest um, if she'd come and speak to our MOPS yeah. group. We wanted to something practical to help young moms. And this was very practical for us yes. <laughs> and used it. And it, it works. Yes. And awesome. we were like, does she still speak on this? <laughs> Let's find her. <laughs> and here I am. And here she still is. speak on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're so happy you're here. So, Thanks. Nadia, can you introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Nadia Swearingen Friesen, and I have been a parenting speaker and a writer for, um, I don't know, over 20 years. And uh, so for sure, 13 is within yeah. that. <laughs> so <laughs> we're good. I guess. Um, I am uh, also an educator. And so these things go hand in hand for mm-hmm. me, which has been a wonderful, uh, a wonderful thing. Um, I taught for a long time before I raised my kids. And then I was busy doing leadership training and development and then parenting, speaking, uh, speaking, writing, all of those sorts of things. Um, and then uh, went back to the classroom, which is a huge surprise to me but has been delightful um but I still get to speak I have a wonderful school that allows me to do that so um yeah that that's who I am I love what I do I've raised uh four kids everything that I talk about is tried and true um not theory not pie in the sky but this is what has worked for us and um what hasn't worked sometimes um so those are the things that I like to share with parents um as we've talked about a little bit uh, prior to this uh podcast I really like to talk about things that are practical that are let's try to do this thing um a little theory is fine but having a way to put sort of verbs in those sentences I think is really where moms are Mm -hmm. Uh, they don't want to so much you know hear all the research behind it but how can I put this in play and create change in my family mm-hmm. um so well, that's almost what like all the ideas out there are more stressful it's like just give me yes yes yeah. I think so too yeah and you never know like if you can like in my case I just was able to speak with uh your amazing group um but then it's like a real person it's mm-hmm. not just a you know a theory or an author that you don't know where they're coming from I like to be really honest about um, our experiences. <laughs> One time, the first time that my husband saw me speak in front of a, a pretty big audience, um, he kind of snuck in the back. And so when it was all done, they said, so like, what did you think? How did it go? And he goes, well, it was like you speaking. <laughs> and I was like, that's awesome. Yeah, That's um, good. <laughs> in some ways, it really is good because I – I don't want to stand in front of somebody. Yeah. I don't want to come on this podcast and Genuine be something and that I'm not. 
um, yeah. or make parenting something that it isn't. Mm-hmm. It is uh, hard at times and joyous at times, um, but I think we need to be real with one another, yeah. and it's in being real that we can get the help and support that we need. Mm-hmm. So we just had moms and we just heard you speak. So we're just like right after. Here we are (laughs) recording. So Nadia graciously stuck around. So let's get right to it. Will you explain your system that we learned about today to our listeners? Sure. So part of um, what my husband and I realized is that um, there's a difference between telling a child a thing and having them internalize it. Um, I talked around this downstairs uh, earlier in in our group, but um, what we really want to do as parents is help our children to internalize the things that we're teaching them, and we realized uh, that we were not doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, we were not our children were not learning what we thought we were teaching them, and they were entirely reliant on um, us telling them what to do and mm-hmm. micromanaging their lives and mm-hmm. kind of um, every day go do this, go put on your shoes, go brush your teeth. <clears throat> And while we were able to get through the day, um, we really were not raising them to be good, compassionate, faithful adults. Mm-hmm. Um, we weren't preparing them for what would come next. And so, um, and we were exhausted mm. in just the day-to-day handling of all of those things. And so um, we had some different things that happened in our life that brought this to our attention. And then uh I created, again, this was never like a thing. It wasn't going to be something for other people. Um, but to save our family, um, we, my husband and I worked together and came up with a system that worked for us uh, that we called Sticks. And um, that Sticks system helped us to organize our family, helped our kids to internalize what we'd been teaching, made it so that we didn't have to give all day, every day reminders. And they could learn to manage things in an age-appropriate way, have age-appropriate responsibilities. Um, So starting at two and a half and going forward from there, um, they used the system. And it created a real peace in our family. It helped my kids to have some autonomy and ability to know what they needed to do in Mm -hmm. the day and then just do that thing, which was really quite fantastic for us Mm -hmm. I Um, did it with my kids and I would also say it helped it gave them a sense of accomplishment like they were excited to see what they'd Mm -hmm. done and Mm -hmm. move their stick to finish like oh yeah I brushed my teeth yeah I put my outfit on you know yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's very helpful I think in that way um and for kids that are you know a little bit less focused it brings them back to say okay here's the next thing without you having to say that Mm -hmm. so it works for a lot of different types of children Mm -hmm. um it works in a lot of different family situations and in the book it's not the kind of thing where i say this is the one way it's this is the system and here's how we used it now you think about what matters to you super customizable Um, totally Mm -hmm. customizable Mm -hmm. Um, and that I think has been one of the things that people really appreciate about the whole thing it's Mm -hmm. just not a you know here's exactly what I did if you do exactly what I do you will have this no your family is your family Mm -hmm. and you need to know what matters to you and you need to know what matters in your parenting you need to know what kind of family you want to create Mm -hmm. and um, here's a tool you can use to get to that to your goals not my goals Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's the kind of thing that connects for parents Mm -hmm. I was like thinking about as when my kids were young and I was like I'm gonna do it all I'm gonna have the clean house I'm Uh gonna have baseboards done I'm gonna have the laundry folded I'm gonna have it at you know when they wake in the morning it's folded nicely and I don't know why I put that pressure on myself Mm -hmm. but after you have kids you realize 
oh my goodness, that's never going to happen. I can't do all of these things. But I think something really important you talked about was you have to prepare the children to be adults mm-hmm. and for them to take on responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And so I think understanding that, like if I did all of those things, I would not be raising responsible adults. Mm-hmm. I have to teach them how to be and what to do and to do that and to take responsibility of things. And so mm-hmm. I thought that was really key in the system of like how I can help them to mm-hmm. in the future to be adults and yeah. functioning adults. So yeah. I thought that was really interesting. Well, and I think so many of us mothers are parenting from survival mode. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. really helps pull you out of that because it takes out so much of that un- wasted time of either nagging or getting on their case or yeah. doing it for them, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we've gotten some really mixed messages Um, I think as women, there is this sense that a lot of people believe that that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to do everything for them. That's what loving moms do. That's what a good mom Mm -hmm. looks like. Right. Except it's just not. Um, A good mom is a mom who is loving her kids and helping them to grow into good, compassionate, faithful adults. And I think, too, in this... uh, this cultural time where everything is sort of documented and then put out on social media, we get really distracted by what a good child would look like. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're putting forth these um, curated lives or curated children Mm -hmm. and it's not what it's about and it's easy to get caught up in that's what it's about. Mm -hmm. Um, But we, we have a job to do and it's a big job. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I share stuff on social media. That's a totally fine thing to do. But one of the things that I think we have to be mindful of is keeping our eye on that long-term goal. Yeah. We can't be distracted with what's happening right now at the cost of that. Um, they're going to be, and I know I said this earlier today, but they're going to be adults for way longer than they're, they are children. Yeah. And so this is the time that we have. This childhood time is the time that we have to teach them and to help them to become those good, compassionate, faithful adults. But what we do really matters for that. Um, so we can't really take our eye off the ball on mm-hmm. on that thing. Um, it's not about how we present. It's not about you know having perfectly behaved children. That might be a step in in it to have a child who knows how to behave. Mm-hmm. Sure, that that has its own you know importance, but it isn't the goal. The goal is to get them to where they're ready to become mm-hmm. adults. And I know today you talked about, and I thought this was so good. Saying no to your four year old now will help when you have your 14 year old and you tell them no right like yes I have so many parents that say but my three-year-old won't but my four-year-old won't and it it's scary to me as someone who's raised children um, I I hate when I'm like you're her parent yes you have to you have to be able to say this is a thing Um, I, I always tell moms like you just have to be more stubborn than they are Yes, it's true, though. It's true. I mean, because some will fight for a very long time. Yes, yes. they will. But it is really important for us to keep that in mind when we're raising kids. We don't want to have it be where they think they can uh, wear us out to where we'll just give up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, We need to be able to say this is something that's important for you and I'm going to hold to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And they need to know, honestly, that you are a woman of your word. They need to know that. Um, And as they grow up, I think that becomes more and more important. But we teach that now. We teach that when they're little. We teach it as they're growing up. We continue to teach that into their adulthood. I think, and you have to decide what's important to you and, Mm. or what you 
deem as important mm-hmm. fighting and sticking right. to. Obviously, there'll be things that aren't. But yeah, I just think you have to be more stubborn. I mean, even um, with an infant, <laughs> I had I had gotten to a point where nursing had just become really easy. So I hadn't given a bottle in a really long time. So mm-hmm. then she refused to take, you hear this story, babies mm-hmm. start refusing. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, then you need to be more stubborn than this baby. Yeah. <laughs> and I had, and I think we try to avoid hardships, obviously, but so much of parenting is going to be in the hardship. Mm-hmm. And so I had a bottle boot camp. And every day I picked a feeding where she had to have it via sure. bottle. Because I was like, mama's got to go out. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. This is important. Mm-hmm. And I, it, was a, it was a super long month, I would say, where she screamed and cried every mm-hmm. one of those feedings. Mm-hmm. But she eventually caved. She eventually was hungry enough to take that bottle. Right. Yeah. But it was like, that was important to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, you got to pick it and, and stick by it. And mm-hmm. Nadia, you talked about um, the eating. I thought that was mm-hmm. really good because I have picky eaters. Mm-hmm. And can you tell us about how you you trained or helped your kids? Yeah. Eat? Um, so we have four kids. Um, our oldest, and I know he won't listen to this, but he would <laughs> probably agree, has been uh, our pickiest eater by far. And I had to come to a place in my own parenting where I realized that that was a thing I was doing. Uh, it was a thing I created. Um, there's no food that lands on the table that I didn't put there um, or okay if we you know, ate out or brought something in. Um, so I can't really fuss too much. As I mentioned earlier, um, you know, no one else is doing grocery shopping. My kids don't grocery shop, so I can't be mad that they want to eat the thing that I myself purchased and brought into the house. Um, but one of the things that we uh, found ourselves like doing changes we put in place, um, we wanted our kids to eat healthier, to have um, just a healthier lifestyle. And um, so we started to try to be practical about that. And um, one of the things that I really recommend that parents try is don't don't engage in that in that uh, struggle. Um, put out some fruit, put out some healthy things that you'd like them to eat, and then don't mention it. Just leave it alone. Set it in a place where they can get to it. Mm-hmm. Hungry kids will grab that, and they'll start to eat the 100%. things that are available. Yeah, if it's yes. out and easy, no, they're going to totally. eat it. Totally. Charcuterie boards where you yeah. put it out, and everybody just eats it up, and you're yep. like, whoa. Yeah. yeah, totally. It's a it's a very easy for people who feel like, I can't, I'm not going to be able to change this. I'm so overwhelmed with the food struggles. Um, that would be the first thing yeah, that I would say smart. because it's going to open up that palate a little bit and and have them trying things because they're available. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also say, too, that if you find yourself in a situation where you're making different meals for different people, that's a fine place to make a change. Mm-hmm. Um, per, you know, making a meal that, every, that you're – this is dinner. Um, I think is a legitimate way to go. Um, being a short order cook where you're cooking different things for every single person yeah. is exhausting. We have so much to do as moms. There's so many things to think about and to tend to. We need to be able to look at a situation and say, this is what works and I'm going to make healthy food and they're going to eventually eat healthy food. Yeah. Um, and maybe they don't eat dinner <laughs> that night, but they'll eventually get right. food. You know, they're not going to go right. hungry. Totally. And if you have like fruit and you know that they've been eating healthy stuff throughout the day, there's fruit out or veggies out or, you know, whatever, you might be surprised at what they're willing to try when it's just sitting there. I was busy cooking dinner one night and they were really, really little bugging me like at my feet. And I had like a head of lettuce. I was like, here, take this head. And they literally were sitting there just munching on lettuce. I was like, okay, well, well, all right. Yeah. (laughs) Or like frozen peas once because I was just like needed them out of my hair. And that's what was in front of me. And they just... 
we also found that growing a garden like is a huge help just Mm -hmm. a huge help for that Um, we had the kids help with the garden and then if you think about it they're outside playing in the backyard in the summertime Mm -hmm. and there's literally all the food growing right there and they would run in you know grab you know little peas or (laughs) we attempted it and i got like three carrots the size of my pinky i think i need to give you the raspberries those raspberries don't have to do anything and they just grow that they do spread so that's hard but I'll for take spreading part, raspberries. But I they'll just... go out and they'll just eat the raspberries. Yeah. Yay. Oh. Yeah, my husband said when we first put it in, we were planting a bunch of squash, and he's like, nobody's going to eat the squash. And I was like, well, let's just see what happens. Yeah. And and it became something that they enjoyed. Oh, um, really? So squash. It, really? Yeah. Oh. It was surprising to us, yeah. too. Do you like um, squash? <laughs> I don't think I would. I think we need to work on our palates as well. (laughs) And you know what? The one thing you were talking about, your youngest kids just being able to eat anything. And it's the same with my daughter, Reese, who's the youngest, because she would eat off my plate. So Mm -hmm. she eats what I, you know, like, so our palate is bigger than my oldest's palate. And when they start to cook, and I think it's a really good thing to have them learn to cook. Um, When they start to cook, then they have some pride in what they're putting out. Yes. Um, we used to do it where in the summer when my kids were in school, we would put an older one with a younger one, and then it's your job to make lunch for the day. Mm-hmm. And then as they got older, then we would say, here's your budget for your lunch. So they had to think about things in oh, terms of, start of doing that. Um, money. But then the two, those two would make the meal together, and then the other two would clean it up. Um, right. Because hmm. th- it was a lot, really, when the kids are home all summer, and you're yeah. you know making three yeah. meals a day. I and got you're four like, girls. Oh I got to start taking advantage of girls in the kitchen here yes yes it is a dream um my daughter got to a place where like if she came home from school and i was making dinner she would like survey where i was in the meal and she could literally take over i mean just now did you guide do they get to make whatever they want what if they make us mac and cheese every week (laughs) um i do have a child who nameless who is very drawn to noodles okay Um, but um i have one of those (laughs) super super noodle focused um you know as well (laughs) i don't mind but (laughs) we did try to like there was one of the summers i bought two kids cookbooks and okay. I was like, we're going to choose from here. Um, so pick a couple things you'd like to try. Hmm. Um, the other thing that I think was a big hit was teaching them to make tacos hmm. because there is, there's vegetables involved yes. in that, you know. So you're going to have um, a taco <laughs> and it, it has to have a vegetable on it. Yeah. Um, but you're going to make it for, you know, all of us to eat. Hmm. Um, the, and it's good to know how to make tacos. Right. And so I will say, as when I was newly married, I would, like, you wanted to cook dinner, and I wish I had paid more attention to what my mom was making and how mm-hmm. she made it. Yeah. So that when I got to adulthood, I knew how to make those meals. Yes. So I think that's so smart. Some of that stuff I feel like I want to write down, like, just so they have it. Yes. Um, like, how do you make gravy? There's a lot of people that don't know how to make gravy. Me. I am one of them. Yes. I buy it Use the a roux. You have to start when, with a roux. When my <laughs> sister-in-law and I got married, my mom gave us each a cookbook that she mm. put all of the recipes she cooked yeah and my grandma cooked nice. and so we have that so i'm like i gotta do something like yeah. that for my kids yeah you yeah know, i think that would be a, a very cool thing for our kids to have like here's our our favorite meals that yeah. you know yeah. from growing up yeah. yeah so off the top of your head can you talk <laughs> about what are some things that are on the sticks so help a person yes. listening sure what are some of the things 
So the idea with the sticks program is that uh, the kids will have a a cup, and in the cup are popsicle sticks, just plain, regular, not painted, regular color. You don't got to be fancy. No, no, no fancy. You can be if you're a fancy person. (laughs) Um, So on the sticks, you write the things that need to be done in the day. So get up on time, have breakfast, clean breakfast, um, play with a sibling, um, have a snack, get to school on time or get to the bus on time those sorts of things you um customized it to goals that you had for your kids so if whatever's important like you had um and i did it too because the sibling relationship was very important to me i want my girls mm -hmm. to be close when you Mm -hmm. said that that this is your greatest gift when you have Mm -hmm. a sibling yeah look what i gave to you this gift Mm -hmm. i have remembered that this, mm. And I have said that multiple times to my four <laughs> children. You will love each other. Look at this is the best thing I can but ever do. But that was you. something that was important to us. So I had that on a stick that you will spend, yeah, and we that. switched it up each week. And, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's a really helpful thing um, to have them intentionally play with one another at some point during the day, mm-hmm. regardless of the age difference mm-hmm. or the gender difference. That they would, you know play with their sub- their sister, play with their brother. I think those things really matter. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think the more that you can give your kids sort of that base, mm-hmm. uh, I think the better the better it is long term. It's yeah. hard to say. This is just so good and simple to start mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. with the simple things you want them to get done each yeah. day. Yeah. They can see it without yeah. you asking. Right. Mm-hmm. They get ownership of that. Mm-hmm. And then you can... And it's the same thing usually each day. So that's it is. a rhythm. Yeah. But tell us about the golden tickets. Or the golden, <laughs> golden sticks. Not yes. tickets. So um, if they finish all their sticks in the day, then they can earn what's called a golden stick. Which, and it, I get it sounds ridiculous, but um, it, it wasn't for it's amazing anyone but children. Us. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so it's a uh, popsicle stick spray painted gold, <laughs> yeah. and um, they earn those and save them to exchange them for things that they want. So every day they're allowed to get one golden stick, um, and they can when they have ten, then they are um, able to change those, exchange those for something that they value. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the thing though that keeps um, kids involved in it, like wanting to go forward because they're learning more and more about what they value and they're learning what what matters to them and they have a way to get to it. Mm -hmm. So that's one of those things that I think really does make a big difference um, in keeping the stick system going where there's a lot of other systems that will just really quickly frizzle out. But in this case, it's the kids that want to continue and that's a big plus. I had a Mops mom ask a question. Okay. Um, She texted me while you were talking. (laughs) She says, what happens when your kid Mm -hmm. bargains for a stick? Mm. For example, I'll give you three golden sticks for mowing the lawn, but your kid responds with, I'll, I'll only do it for, for five. <laughs> My kid negotiates everything, and I, I don't give in, but he still tries. Mm. My answer would immediately be the going rate is now two. I, I don't think, you know, we really want to raise kids that um, understand uh, we we give them a lot of things and, mm-hmm. and we don't have to give them a lot of things. And, um, sometimes kids will be, th- will be like that where they're negotiating, they're going back and forth. But I also think they have to know this is what mom says. And that's the this end. And I don't need to try to get more out of her. Three is a lot. Mm-hmm. Three golden sticks in this system is a lot of golden sticks. Yeah. Um, and so I, I would say I, I would end the deal. 
um, mm-hmm. because that's no not. Deal. And now you right. lost no one. Deal. <laughs> right. You've just you've just lost out. Yeah. Maybe as one of your siblings would like the three golden sticks, um, because you want them to have this this sense that this was a cool offer that I could take I could take advantage of. It's more than a day's wages, three days wages for me to mow the yard. Mm-hmm. You know, for the however long, depending on the size of your yard, however long it's going to take you. Uh, that's a good deal. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, it's not the kind of thing. And you could also address that right off the bat where you say, this is, if, if I offer you a stick, that's what it's, there's, mm-hmm. there is nothing else to discuss. Right. I'm offering you what I'm willing to pay. Um, and that's the end of that. Um, so if you addressed it up front, that might also mm-hmm. um, end that. But I do feel like sometimes kids are, that they're jockeying that way. What can yeah. I get out of this mm-hmm. situation? How can, you know what, long term, that's not a bad thing. There, that's yeah, the kind life, of, it might get you. Right. And, and I think it's fair to have that conversation mm-hmm. depending on the age of the child. This right. is being able to think about how can you make the most of a situation, which is a positive spin on that, yes. right? Um, how can you make the most of a situation is really, it's the kind of thing that can continue to move you forward mm-hmm. as an adult. Mm-hmm. But within the family unit, you need to understand that that's not something that Well, and that it's I fair to teach them those hard lessons because mm-hmm. someday they're going to be working for someone who's like, no, this is your salary. I don't yeah. give more. Right. <laughs> you, know? right. you know, so it's teaching good yeah. lessons too. And do you ever take the sticks away? Like the golden sticks, like is that a no? Like, do not. Initially, we said no, um, and and we were wrong. Um, so we oh. we changed it. Um, that was one of my questions. I was going to say, yeah. how have you revamped it over the year? Because yeah. the what you call it initiation one is that what you call the initiative the initiative one i don't remember that aspect yeah and so and like, like depending on where you heard it it might have been one of the things there are the the talk on its own could be an hour 20 yeah for sure. um and so it's constantly being adjusted according to the time of right yeah you so know, i'm so curious uh, like how it's mm-hmm. how has it evolved over the yeah, years yeah there's things that have to get moved around or cut but um so initially we were sort of high and mighty about it like no they would never lose a golden stick they earned the golden stick and then uh we had a child um who was getting older and um kids are really funny around fifth grade where they start to become more like i don't know they're using their words in different ways um where we would have a kid sort of say something snarky and put his hand over his mouth like oh my gosh i can't believe i just said that and we're like neither can we Um, (laughs) so around that time we started thinking about um you know, there are ways to look at discipline, um, and this could be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And um, I know I mentioned before, Chapter 5 um, in the book, so the book is available on Amazon. If you um, do a, an Amazon search for sticks, Nadia, um, it'll come up. We'll definitely um, put it on, we'll the, put the, on the show notes. Yeah, awesome. So um, in Chapter 5, it talks about how you can use it with discipline. And really, if you think about what your kids do, it all boils down to... Um, how they use their mouth or how they use their ears. Um, so are they saying or communi- communicating something that is not what you would want said or communicated? Are they being nasty to a sibling? Are they being sassy to you? Mm-hmm. Um, or are they not using their ears? Like you have a family rule and they're not listening to that. Or you ask them to do something and they haven't done it, so they're not listening to you. Um, so really, all discipline can fall into those two categories. And in the book, it talks about how we can use mouths and ears um, to connect to the system. And um, with that, if they are having a day where um, they're really struggling with 
how they're using their mouth or how they're using their ears, there is uh, there are situations where they would lose a golden stick. Okay. It is quite a long process because we really don't want to take yeah. what they've earned. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to actually teach them. So um, in the book, we talk about how we can use, uh, we actually use a little, uh, like a little card, like almost the size of a, like a business card that has mm-hmm. a mouth on it or a, or an ear on it, and we help the kids to have a couple of chances to correct that, um, to correct how they're using their mouth or mm-hmm. how they're using their ears so that they mm-hmm. um, don't lose a golden stick. But mm-hmm. should they choose yeah. to continue in that process, mm-hmm. they totally can. I just think about, like, when my kids were little, <laughs> I might threaten to be like, I'm going to take this away. But I think, like, how you're talking, how, like – these are the reasons why I would take this away, but mm-hmm. in a gentle voice and mm-hmm. like, let me explain this to you, not right. with a mom being angry and like, I'm taking this from <laughs> you. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that, I mean, that happens to moms. Right. We have a lot on right. our plates. Right. Um, but I do think that one of the things that we can do is teach in advance of that moment. Okay. Um, and so if you had the system set up, which is what we did, when we when we extended it, the stick system to also include discipline, we actually posted it in our kitchen, like this big poster with these mouths and ears on it. Um, and for about a week, maybe two, in advance, we if somebody would do something, we would say, honey, when we get started in this next system, I just want to let you know that that's going to cost you an ear. And so if you look at this chart right here, when we start this chart, that's what's going to happen here. Mm -hmm. And here's how that's going to play out. Um, And so we did this teaching for like a week or two weeks in advance Mm -hmm. so that by the time we started it, they knew full well what those behaviors were that were going to cost them in the end. I think that's really important to Mm -hmm. like write out if you lie or if you – these are – non-negotiable this will happen and this will be the consequence and you know this so Mm -hmm. i think that's helpful yeah i think anytime that we can teach our kids away from the sort of the the emotion of the moment moment, yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that's 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 the good nobody's listening or doing anything right during that moment no 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 No. i was gonna ask you so you talked about some technology Mm -hmm. and um a lot of us moms coming out of covid i Mm -hmm. the whole room i could feel it like everyone was like tell us more um Mm -hmm. and i think it's interesting because you taught before covid and then you taught after covid yes i did and i think you saw a difference in (laughs) the kids can you tell us more about that um so uh i think covid so technology and covid have gone hand in hand and they're causing a lot of um, issues for children technology on its own is causing a lot of issues uh, for children away from COVID before COVID Um, our children and and research shows this you can spend three minutes looking stuff up and you will find very consistent results from a lot of different sources that say that this is just not a thing that is helpful in the lives of children Um, part of the problem is um, that Parents believe it to be educational. Um, COVID also taught that, so mm-hmm. that was hard. Um, and so I think parents' hearts were in the right place when we started using technology the way that we are. Children are often not using it the way that parents think they're using it. They're really mainly on YouTube, um, and that's a hard thing. Um, but I think um, 
we just didn't know what that impact was initially, and we do know it now. Mm -hmm. And then we have a pandemic where we all have to go home, and we have no option, none of us, mm -hmm. but to use technology, and to use it a ton, mm -hmm. um, way more than any research says technology should be used, mm -hmm. um, way more than we know that it's good for adults or children. Mm -hmm. um, we were working from home. Kids needed to be quiet. There were so many things at play. Um, not to mention the fact that we were just isolated, um, isolated from our support groups yeah. as moms, isolated from friends, um, for kids, from school. It was incredibly, obviously incredibly difficult. Um, and so part of, I think, what's happened over time is as COVID has become whatever it is now, I don't even know, um, become a thing where we're living with it more and kids are able to go to school. Yeah. Um, what I'm finding as an educator is uh, I'm hearing from parents that it's very difficult to go back to the standards of life that we had pre-COVID. Mm -hmm. And in our defense, if you think about it, it takes 30 days to start a new habit. We have three years in on this. Mm -hmm. And that's a long time. Mm -hmm. So we really do need to figure out how we can be intentional about turning things back and figuring out what kids need. And kids need to be off screens. Um, they learn by doing, not by seeing, not by watching. Um, they learn by doing. They need to play outside. They need sensory input. They need to see people's faces. Um, as educators, we're finding that there are so many different ways that children are COVID impacted. And we're doing everything, honestly. Um, as an educator, I can just tell you, we're doing everything we know to do uh, to try to help these kids that are so COVID impacted. Well, there's so many even like social situations kids oh, can't handle just because mm -hmm. they weren't for two and a half of pivotal years. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. even like our eighth and seventh graders now are just so lost. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it's really hard. And they have legitimately lost a thing. Mm -hmm. It's not, we can't gloss over this as moms. And I know for myself, I've made that mistake. Like, okay, we're, we're out, we're out. But the impact on the lives of our children is so vast. And we need to be able to acknowledge that mm -hmm. and, and say, this, this thing happened. How do we work through it? How can we, you really, honestly, I, I feel as strongly we need to have a plan within your family. You need to be able to say moving forward this is what we're going to do mm -hmm. um we have said my husband and i have both said uh it's one of those things where you have to be able to say i won't let it have anything else i yeah. won't let COVID take anything else and it stops here um but i think as parents we need to really really be honest about what our tech use and our screen time looks like at home and we need to start getting kids back outside to play mm -hmm. and we need to get them face to face with other kids um, in school, the preschoolers, when they took their masks off, um, had a hard time understanding who their classmates were mm -hmm. because they'd not ever seen faces. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen kids who, lots of kids who need um, speech help. They couldn't watch mouths. They didn't know. And teachers couldn't hear. The sound would be right, but the tongue placement's wrong. And so yeah. there's so many little things like that outside of the, the huge emotional impact. Yeah. We need to be able to be super aware. We need to be able to look at one another. We need to be in social situations. We need to be outside. We need to move to a place that doesn't look like COVID, doesn't yeah. look like that pandemic, the mm -hmm. pandemic, mm -hmm. so that we're moving on mm -hmm. um, and our kids need help with that they need to be taught it's we play with other people we go to yeah. the park we see strangers mm -hmm. it's all of that is mm -hmm. 
good and right. I have so many students that just go home and they sit on something until yes. bedtime. And I'm like, I was following an influencer and she read a couple, I think it was from, it was a Dutch book. And they were just talking about the benefits of being outside and how so many other countries like their kids take naps outside. They take like they yeah. force outside time because of the benefits that mm. come from that. Yep, totally. And kids just don't get it. Yeah. I also think parents need to be really aware of what's the recess situation at your child's school and yeah. why is it yeah. that. Thankfully, yeah. they just instituted it back at Park for the last couple of years ago oh, okay. for the uh, big kids, and now like they are going. I'm like, for some reason, sixth grade. They do a recess time, but not outside. I don't. I don't think the teachers want to go out in the cold. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but for the most part, kids are outside and going. But yeah, that's awesome. After I listened to this influencer, I that whole year I said you will go outside for ten minutes a day. Yeah. No matter how cold, there's no such mm. thing as too cold weather. It's just not enough clothes. <laughs> I was yeah. just like, and it's funny because they'll fight you at first and think it's stupid but once they get out there and are playing they end up having a lot of fun totally. and they stay longer than the 10 minutes yeah. but it's just like you got to get over the hump of forcing but them. do you see though because then you're a woman of your word yeah. you said i'm gonna do this yeah and then you made sure it happened yeah mm-hmm. and so that's one of those things where it really matters that we say listen i know this is important for you as a human and it's my my job as a mom to make sure you get it mm-hmm. yeah. and so out you go I'm, yeah. I'm going to hold firm to this. Yeah. Um, I think we we tend to fold on mm-hmm. stuff like Very that. True. It gets hard. Yeah. But the longer you hold that line, the easier it, it gets. And more stubborn yeah. than they are, guys. Yes. Well, Lesson think, here. I mean, like thinking about pre-COVID, I had all these rules with technology. Mm-hmm. And they went out the window once COVID sure. hit. Because they're on their computer all day long and, and not think, much to do we just wanted them to be happy right. you know and then like, they did like, <laughs> makes you happy. i gave them like a phone to do messenger like yeah so, they so you can communicate i'm giving my six-year-old a phone i'm like yeah. i would yeah. never do this right but it was like we were doing strange things in order just to have connections with people yeah and to survive which we we not really to survive but mentally i guess yeah um but mm-hmm. it's i love that part of taking it back yeah. That is hit a chord for me. Like, okay, there's things that because of COVID, we now have this pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like they'll shut their door and they'll go in yeah. their phones. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I would never have let that no happen. No technology in bedrooms. It's just right. a simple rule. But how do we yeah. do that with our phones? The, like, no, no, that's technology. No phones in no. their bedroom. Correct. Wow. They mm-hmm. get charged downstairs. Uh, we have I make them plug it in at night but mm-hmm. yeah maybe just like not even in the day maybe yeah I mean it's it's really crazy if you start to look at um, how much sleep kids need and what the impact is of a phone on that mm-hmm. amount of sleep well mm-hmm. I mean they fought me too for a little bit because they're like that's my alarm I was like I will buy you an alarm clock yes. <laughs> yeah totally. I was like Good. your phone is not allowed to be there at night yeah 100 <laughs> percent yeah just because yeah. you hear about mm-hmm. all the awful things that could happen and I'm like nope at least you know but I hadn't been as strict during the day but then maybe yeah, we um, even when my kids came home. So when COVID happened, I had a college kid came home. I had my oldest was teaching from home. Um, my uh, second born was directing community theater from home, and oh then I had two. Oh high, it was crazy. I had two high schoolers, and one of my kids said, "Well, one of my high schoolers said, well, we'll have to take our our computers into the bedroom.'" I was like, "Nope." There are just things where you have to Spread say. Spread out. We're not. Wow. That's what, that is what legitimately what we did. Everybody had their own space. Um, my, like, my directing community theater had his, but he was an adult, had his uh, stuff in his room, teaching 
Mm-hmm. You know, he taught from his room. My high schoolers had different areas that that's where you did school. Mm-hmm. We got input from them, like, where would you be comfortable? Um, and we had to clear spaces from our house, mm-hmm. up our uh, <laughs> up our Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi, we had to do that Holy too. Cow. Oh, my gosh. Um, but, yeah, we, we had to hold firm to it because – it, you just, I don't know. I th- I think there has to be a, a place where you go, this is my line, and for yeah. us, that was it. Um, but I do, I, I think we have to be able to say to parents, first of all, you can reboot it. Yeah. Um, and it's totally fine to do that. Mm-hmm. But I also think we need to be honest. And as adults, we need to talk to one another because that's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we when you have a, a, a situation where your kids are quiet and busy and and you have a little space to think that sort of feels good and, yeah. and that's legitimate. Right. Right. Um, but we are we were never entitled to any sort of quiet life. Yeah. Um, this is just not that season. And so, you know, it's OK to have quiet minutes to say, OK, we're going to that's fine for you to be on a device for right now. Um, but then to call an end to that is is important too yeah. mm-hmm. um to set a timer even to hold yourself accountable yes. you can use alexa for that um yeah. you know it's so so easy and so there are things like that that i think we need to be able to think through or screen time so oh. that does the mean thing for you right it yes. turns it shuts it down <laughs> it yes. shuts down you don't have to be the bad guy right. yeah <laughs> totally totally um so yeah i think being able to talk to friends about that being a struggle mm-hmm. for you too mm-hmm. is legitimate because we're all having to get used to something that three years ago was the norm but hasn't been for a really long Which time brings us to the fact why a mom's group is so important <laughs> that's <Yes>. right it's <laughs> yes. right I so agree. true so true right <clears throat> well i mean we could probably talk to you forever and we're just going to have to have you back out for all the other questions that we have <laughs> but thank you for helping us do those toddler yes. young kid years and you're and, welcome and when we end we like to ask our guest uh, something good advice that you've been given or you would like to give to our guests mm. or to our listeners mm-hmm. um, or bad advice that you've been given mm. um, something that I think really directed our parenting um, is to never make a parenting decision out of fear. Oh, don't you're not choosing against a thing. Hmm. Choose for it. Um, you know, there were people when we had babies that said, "Never, ever, not even for one night, never have your baby in your bed." And we had kids in our bed. They said, the kid will never leave. You'll have an 18-year-old. Okay, that's ridiculous. <laughs> um, but here's what, what we realized. So that was a, probably the first time that we had to Although play it Although with one almost out. leaving, I'm like, great. <laughs> I know. It's tricky that way. Yeah. <laughs> but, but what you want to do is you want to parent for what you do want, not what you don't want. So what I want is a child who knows that they're loved that's and they're safe. Smart. And mm-hmm. so my decision will be based on that, not based on what I'm afraid might happen. Because mm-hmm. as a parent, I still have the ability to teach the thing I was I didn't have a you know 17 year old kid in my bed Mm -hmm. because I didn't allow that you know we moved them over time in a gentle way that made sense for our family into their their own space Mm -hmm. and there was no trauma involved with that Mm -hmm. but I come back to that all the time and even still I'll remind myself as I'm having contact with my now grown children I I don't want to respond to them out of a fear. I don't mm-hmm. want to be afraid of what is coming next for them. I want to love them where they are mm-hmm. um, and I want my decisions as a parent to be based on what I do want to see and not yeah. what I don't. Oh, that, um, that's so, good. Yeah. That's profound. That's good. Super good. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> well, and your stick showed that because you were pointing towards what you want for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the they take you to that, you know, over time. And that's, I think, what's really tricky about parenting as they as they become older. They take things from that and they incorporate it in their life. And long term, there could be things they don't. And and that's one of, I think, the challenges. I wonder um, if they'll do sticks for their kids. What do you think? <laughs> I'm sure they will. Yeah. Sure. Are any of them near having, like, is your oldest married? Yeah, I don't or? have any grandkids. Okay. Nothing like okay. that. No, no, no. It'll be interesting to see how that how that'll that all so plays out. They'll do it their own way. Wouldn't that be oh. so funny? Like, Look at doing cool. sticks, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be so cool. Full yeah. circle. Well, thank yeah, you. That would be Again, great. For we so appreciate it. Like, it's, you are filled with wisdom oh, and thank you. i would love to keep picking your brain over absolutely over. <laughs> but um yeah and be sure to check the notes for all of nadia's info and her book and yeah yes. we'll give you all that scoop. so good to be with you guys today yeah. thank, right. you. thank you guys so much for listening a quick reminder that the opinions discussed are solely the opinions of the individuals and do not necessarily represent mops international or the chapel If you wouldn't mind liking and subscribing to our podcast, it would mean so much to us. If you're feeling extra generous, even give us a little shout out or review. We love doing this. And with your help, we can continue to do so. So thank you in advance. Also, feel free to follow us and give us some love on our Instagram page, the Chapel Mops After Party. The Chapel Mops After Party is proud to be part of the Mops Podcast Network. There is a group of moms who get you, need you, and are here to remind you that you are never alone. So find your mom village online or in person at mops.org backslash find a group. 